best friend hood. Best friend. 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 You're my best friend. You're my best friend. Best friend hood. Three, two, four, five, six, 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 six. It's tenacious D. That was one too many sixes. Oh, did I say four of them? Six. Yeah. Nine. Panty laugh. I don't know why, but that just reminded me that um Coolio died. Yeah, that guy. Fifty nine. That's so young. Yeah. I mean, wow. we're quite a ways away from that, but that's so young. But relatively not. Shh. Okay. If it makes you oh, feel God, any no, better, you're right. I'm relatively closer than you are. But that does not make me feel better. That makes me feel worse. Yeah, I also make not better choices for my body than you do for once you had to extra hydrate your your knuckles so i have been signing at least 500 letters a night for the past week (laughs) um i i'm getting a little crack in my and a bruise i'm getting a bruise from a pen (laughs) um yeah i had a bruise like i had a lot of stuff i had to do yesterday but i had to stop writing uh, postcards for a thing that I'm involved with <laughs> because I guess I grip my pen really hard so, and it like I in the shower this morning I was like oh my god I actually split my finger <gasps> oh ouch in the gouch I didn't realize it until the hot water hit and went oh god that's right where I hold my pen oh that's the first thought you had that like ah it was that's right where i hold my pen yeah like why does my finger hurt oh oh man do you remember how big of a deal grippies were yes when we were in elementary middle school i hated them i loved them and i loved finding the different ones right like the different textures and which ones like fit your your grip of a writing utensil best I don't know that I ever actually found one that Ooh, worked for me. I did. They were very expensive and they were very molded. And there was a groove, like a thicker, deeper groove. For I know like exactly your, which ones you're talking about. What was about. supposed to be for your ring finger. And then like a smaller one where like your index finger fit. And then... I think I just write really stupidly. No, you write how you find comfort and control with your writing utensil. My friend Amanda puts the the pen or pencil in between her index and middle finger Hmm. i remember watching her write for the first time in middle school and i was enthralled i had a friend do that too and then i tried it and i was like and then so she holds it like in between her finger and then just with her fingertips so anyway that fancy one that i was telling you about i would turn it around so that my thumb fit in the big old fatty mcgee part right and that was like boom shock shock collar so with all of the writing that I've been doing lately, I I just use my index and my thumb. And then depending on how uh, hefty the pen is, I might <laughs> use like my middle finger's knuckle, which also got a weird like indentation. Oy vey. Yeah. And also I hold really, really tight and press really, really hard. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure why. Anxiety. Probably. Probably. Like to the point that my Stress. elbow like th- Oy, this this tendon this muscle Writer's right around elbow? your elbow yeah is that a thing like no i don't think i so. had to, i literally took now. tylenol and put an ice pack on my elbow because it was like oh my god it can't move that's insane i tried to pet the cats and they and i was like oh ow wait this is not the elbow that i broke this is the other like my elbow that i broke i'm used to that hurting randomly but this one, I was like, well, what is happening? <laughs> so now that it's helpful for like legible writing styles, but if you're ever signing your signature. A thousand times or multiple more. Multiple thousands of times. <laughs> if you hold your pen above halfway up. Uh-huh. And it becomes like a paintbrush almost. Oh. So you're able to just go swoopy, 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 swoop. Not only is it easy, it looks artistic. I wonder if that's how... Okay, so think to like like like... a theme park as a kid getting an autograph book signed. Like I'm thinking of like when I went to Disneyland. 
and they would like awkwardly with their super gloved <laughs> hands like wrap their gloves around it and i'm wondering if it's to do yes that's exactly who i was thinking of too but i'm wondering if like the actors inside practice. must have just like their actual fingertips on the tip of the pen and do exactly what you just said yeah to make it look extra flowy and swirly like mm-hmm. this is the best we can do and oh weird it actually works correct look further further oh i just glanced though glanced at them you just clocked him. I, I clocked him. All right, here are your two. I clocked him like, like my gym crush clocked me. Oh, girl, what was that? Wasn't there an X Men that like threw cards? Yeah, that was their thing. Um, we talked about this once. I we believe. did. I His don't remember. It's their not name. Gambit. No, but that's funny because that's where my brain went too. Gambit's the laser eye guy, right? No, that's Cyclops. I think. It... Well, who's Gambit? Is Gambit the card guy? Well, okay. Also, to be the X-Men that can only throw cards. Uh, Although that leads into tropes, my dude. I am fully aware of that. Okay, we'll take a... Yeah, we'll... So hold, hold Gambit that. is a character who's real handsome. Yes. Um, and yeah, I think those are... Yeah, he does throw playing cards. But if you've ever seen the movie where um, Ryan Reynolds... Deathpool? Before that, oh, Deadpool. Oh, Deadpool. <laughs> because I, it came. If from I remember Deadpool. correctly, there was a movie where there was Gambit. No, no, no. I know. I'm just. That's Mario. Paper Mario. Oh, no, but also Paper Man. Ryan Reynolds was in it. He dressed up as a superhero. He was an imaginary figure for the guy who was in Dumb and Dumber, who was an author, and Emma Stone was also in it. Anyway. Neat. Gambit. There was a a, a a movie where Gambit was in the movie. I maybe it was Green Lantern. I, it was years ago. Okay. And I think at the very end, Ryan Reynolds was like the shitty like Dollar Tree knockoff version of Deadpool, where like the character was just so so wrong. The design was so wrong, and he actually like really loved Deadpool in the comics. And that is like what pushed him to create the most amazing Deadpool movies ever was They're because he played funny. that character and it was terrible, like just terrible, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> His mouth was like weirdly like melted shut. And it's like, that's not, that's not, that's not Wait, part of Deadpool's character. People so was the character good. no, and he made like a brief. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say terrible one more time. Terrible. <laughs> he, no, Melissa. He was terrible. Terrible. Real terrible. Terrible. Real terrible. Disgusting. 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 Hey. Hey. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> what one thing do you. I already know the answer to this. What one thing do you really want but can't afford? If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. 69 cats. Okie dokie. <laughs> 69 pussies. That's just what oh, our friend no. said. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it. I was waiting for you to say, duh, a house. I know you were expecting that. I did. I definitely was not expecting 69 pussies. But I'm... Vi- <laughs> <laughs> I love making you feel uncomfortable. I feel so uncomfortable. I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Uh, okay. Uh, no, not a house because I'm like so close yes, to are. affording it on my own. I just have to wait for the one, the right one. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, yeah. And I'm proud of you for making the movements to make that a reality. Yeah. BMs. Budget movements. Oh. <laughs> is that also something that you can't afford some good bowel movements listen almonds are very expensive they are and they they're are. also very strong laxative Can i think be. i don't know um something that i want but i can't afford mm-hmm. honestly i have everything i want like in terms of material possessions that money can purchase Aside from a house, which again, just it's a waiting game at this point. 
I've got what I want. And I rarely buy myself extravagant things. Like a few years ago, I think I've told this on the podcast before, a few years ago when the AirPod Max came out. Yeah. I was literally just laying in bed one morning texting with my friend, Scott. And hi, Scott. Hi, Scott. Quit berating us. Please. Nerd alert. Ugh. He was like, just buy them. You never buy yourself anything fancy. Like, just buy them. And I was like, I can't do that. And he's like, you are 30. You're a grown man. Buy them. Right? That money is yours. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? So I did. Buy them for you as a gift. Right. So I did. And like, that and my Xbox are probably the two largest purchases I've made other than my car. Like, I truly can't think of. And I'm good. Like, I honestly, if my apartment were in a building that were a little more um, sanitary or not sanitary, um, stable, like I can feel myself sinking into a sinkhole all of the time. I really like my little apartment. If the building itself that contained my apartment were in better shape. I wouldn't be in a big rush to move. Like, I really like my space. I feel so comfortable there. Like, I can't answer that question because in terms of what money can buy, I'm pretty damn content. What about an animal sanctuary? (sighs) And people to run it. And then we could just visit it. So a trust. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's something I can't afford. A trust that can fund an animal sanctuary. That is the thing I would do, but not exotic animals because we do not live in exotic in an, well, that's a very biased point of view. We don't live in a part of the world that needs or can tolerate animals from other parts of the world. I would want it to be like an animal sanctuary for native species and domestic species that just have nowhere else to go. Yeah. That really shouldn't be in the wild. Or beautiful atrium. I would spend my my dream money on a beautiful atrium for you. Yes. <laughs> That's not for me. For both. Well, of us. I would get to benefit from it too. Yeah, I mean cuz we're going to be living together, so, you know. Yeah, we are we are two friends away from the Golden Girls. We've got I'm an application Rose. on our Patreon page. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I want to make a Google Doc and actually make that a thing. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. We'll we'll talk it over later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you good at giving advice? I believe so. I believe so, too. Thanks. So. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just meant, like, as the recipient of. Okay, these cards should not be yes or no questions. Or maybe they should. I don't know. Also, I mean, but the ones that we really want to go on a tangent on, we do. True. I've received a lot of good advice from you. Now, am I good at taking advice? Absolutely not. Depends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's your favorite current trend? That's weird. I don't like this one. Can I throw it away? No, I I have an answer. You do? I do. My favorite current trend, TikTok videos of all of the natural cleaning hacks that don't involve bleach and other horrible chemicals and solvents. So I guess here's my thing is like, that's not a trend. It's a TikTok trend. Okay. Okay. Well, yep. This is me being Therefore, in the zeitgeist, it's a little bit of a trend. Sure. In a a pocket. Okay. I I hope it doesn't stay a trend like i hope it stays forward becomes mainstream i mean honestly it's it's the youth's facebook it god i know jake but we're fucking there i know we are i know i know like one of my favorite things that i learned off of cleaning tiktok which i don't even get on tiktok unless somebody sends me a tiktok Mm -hmm. like i do not open the app i refuse to engage Primarily because I engaged a little too heavily. It's so easy to get sucked in, man. Yeah. You just keep, all you have to do is move your thumb upward. And, and you get another dopamine hit. Yep. And I refuse to allow that to happen to it's, my body. It's horrible. It's horrible. I get sucked in, dude. A brush, 
scrub brush, like a dishes brush that you put the Dawn dish soap in, get one of those, put a little bit of dish soap, and then some white vinegar, shake it up, put it in your shower, scrub your bathroom tiles or shower wall while you're in the shower or not, so you're not wasting water. But if you're waiting for your conditioner to do it. But if you're waiting for your conditioner to set. Usually that's when I brush my teeth. Hmm. Hadn't thought about that. It game changer. Because that's like that, the bub, like the spray that they say, like, after you take a shower, spray this on the walls and have to clean your shower again. Right. But that stuff is like a lot of harsh chemicals. Yeah. Vinegar, Dawn dish soap, and a scrub brush. Three to five minutes of just like, doot, 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 doot. and I'm telling you, my cleaning regimen for the weekend has been reduced by 30 minutes because I'm not scrubbing scrub christina scrub mommy dearest Uh if you've seen the movie which you have not it's the one movie that he can give me shit for not seeing and i will every chance i get like i know like i know the clips you know and you really don't need to see it a thing yeah you know like i'm not down to make myself sit down and watch an abusive relationship no of course not and i fully understand (laughs) and respect your choice not to watch this (laughs) movie I appreciate that. And as a gay man, I was legally obligated to watch it at least five times. <laughs> legally obligated? It was part of the contract. You are funny. <laughs> That's my so, favorite trend. So you're funny. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. This, I hope, is an easy one, but I'm going to guess there are going to oh, be at I least three answers. Them. Sure. What's your favorite movie? I feel like I answered this last time. I know. Do you want a different one? I do. Okay. Because I feel like I talk enough about movies. Because it's well, like and Harry that's Potter, actually, Sandlot, and all of, you know. That's the, that was the whole Little purpose of last episode yeah. and this episode. We've talked about this as well. Am I, have I, are these old cards? Are they no, cards these are new cards. Questions? They're just bad questions. Oh, not bad questions. Questions we don't want to answer. Questions we've already answered. Okay. I'm going to read this and you can choose. Sure. What place do you never want to go back to? <sighs> I'm going to take that as like a physical location. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What place do I never want to go back to? Ah. Oh. <laughs> no. There was one day in my youth that I volunteered to help out the local zoo they -hmm. had just drained their pond and it needed to be cleaned and what they meant by that is scooping all of the fish and goose (gasps) shit off of the bottom of the pond ew i never want to go back there i don't blame you that was a volunteer job you need to pay humans to do that that is like toxic like it is literally toxic. Um, yeah, like bird shit is literally toxic. Yeah. Um, Anywhoosh. All the more reason to eat them, my dear. <laughs> Me a goosey, goosey, goosey. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's somewhere that I would never want to be again. Cleaning out goose and fish poop off of the bottom of an artificial pond. That's a nightmare. And I know that smell because I've had to do that. And as youths, nobody warned us that, like, you should wear clothing that you don't ever want to fucking wear again. Yeah. Because there's no washing that out. Never. Your mother will never allow this in your washing machine. Correct. Your parents will never allow this. Anyway. Strip at the door. Here's a bath towel to wrap yourself in. We promise not to look. Here's the fire pit. Light everything on fire. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I also want a break. Neat. It's already 20 minutes in. Four questions, five minutes a question. McGee, all right. Break time. Melissa, I have three favors to ask. Yes. Number one. Uh Uh-huh. May I please have bread? You know there's no bread in this household. Not that I can eat at least. Also, there's no bread in this household. (laughs) Oh, okay. Number two. May I please have 
a pen and paper. Yes. Now, granted. Thank you. Yeah. That pen will need some warm up. I think it's fine. Okay. The the ball might be dried. Like it has been used in a while. It's working just fine right now. Tremendous. Okay. Uh, number three. Yes. Will you please open those links that I sent you earlier today? Or have you had a chance to look at them? So I did. What was so sweet of you is like you sent them to me. Here are the ideas. And I, this is the first time that you've ever like texted me on recording day with and like, giving you homework <laughs> well like with a specific topic because usually we get together and we're like which topic are we going to cover mm-hmm. even though we have like a gentle guideline that we did create right like, well there's still some wiggle room here and here and here but for this one you were like here's these things so i did i did because knowing that this was the first time you ever proffered something like this to me i'm like this must mean a lot to mm. him so I need to check it out. My my day was relatively busy, but I still found some time and I opened them up and I did, I looked at them and I went, knowing Jacob, these were not the links that I was expecting because they had, you know, it was a listicle, if you will, but uh, not nearly as informative as I assumed they would be. But I also did not click on any of the hyperlinks within them. I haven't either. Um, And some of the stuff like made no sense to me. Like the tropes that they were going for, that they were talking about. They're not really, they're hyper specific in some cases. And they weren't even like, they were action tropes, not necessarily relationship tropes, which is what I was assuming this would be about. Yes, agreed. So I found the first one that I sent you last time that we recorded um, and drew a couple items off of that for part one of this uh, two-parter. Yeah. And then the second link that I sent you, I found today and I scrolled a little bit and there were several that I was like, okay, that is not, that doesn't fit. But I think within each of those lists, there are a few golden nuggets that harken back to where we started this uh, discussion okay. on tropes. Okay. Um, so the, 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 and I probably should have clarified, but I also was a very busy lady today. Yes. Um, as we and this are. whole week. Like, yes. You and I both have been going. I know. I'm like, so proud of you for what you're doing. I'm so proud of you for what you're doing. Like, beep boop Yeah. Okay. So we yeah. may both be working from like 7 a.m. to midnight, but. <laughs> Between all of our different projects that we both have going on, including this. And including our regular jobs, and including side hustles, and including, and including, and including. Yep. Like, I I had dinner with a friend today that I haven't seen for, like, at least six months, if not more. And this is a friend that I used to see every day, because we worked together for years. And even... Beyond that, it was a friend that you would go on scheduled. Oh yeah, we've traveled the country together. We've gone to Broadway weekends together. We've done all of the things. Honestly, we've barely even talked on the phone like we used to. And so at dinner today, I was like, "Hey, okay, I'm ten minutes late. I'm really sorry, but I have to also leave in an hour and ten minutes (laughs) because I have other things I have to go do." And and she was like. Okay, so we're going to take turns. We're going to start with the good, (laughs) and then the bad, and then the medium, and then the good. And we're just going to tell each other the stories of what's going on in our lives. I love that. And so, like, we would take turns telling stories so the other could eat. And, like, it it was... My soul was so fulfilled after that. What a superb friend. She really is. Oh, I love her. She's like a mom friend. Like, she's not quite old enough to be my mom by any means. But she's always been more of a a matron caretaker friend of mine. May may I challenge that just a little bit? Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like I am a matronly friend. Like a motherly friend. To me, matronly is the same thing as motherly. I don't know if that's accurate. but I mean, that's also how I was understanding what you were saying. But like the person who cares and gives you advice and is there to help. Like... Almost you're, like the older, wiser friend. 
not necessarily older, but in this situation, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The the wiser friend who maybe has gone through. A friend with different wisdom. We shouldn't say wiser. Ooh. I love that. Yeah. Right? Which, isn't that a trope? The wise yes. friend. The wise old woman. Uh, yeah. The, oh. Or like, oh. oh, oh the woodly oh. witch. Um, that is my dream to be the wise, maybe elder, but maybe not like age ambiguous friend who lives in the forest and has all of the spooky things, but maybe not actually spooky, but actually very sentimental. Once you get to see past the initial exterior or earthly, they or, could just, yes, truly, even earthly because isn't that how witches were quote unquote found it was because they had herbs and they were of the earth have you ever seen the movie kiki's delivery service um do you okay there was one thanks miss when we were over at the neighbor's cabin and my older brother had something playing because they didn't want to watch my older brother did not want to watch the macy's day parade okay so he was playing that movie i didn't know what it was so I've seen part of it. I would love to watch it with you because I feel like it would speak to both of our souls. Like it speaks to my soul in such a sweet and childlike way. So in the movie, there is this really interesting, and I love Studio Ghibli because they always subvert tropes. And I can't remember his his full name, but Miyazaki. Oh my God. Why can I not think of his name? Anyway, he said in interviews for decades that the reason he challenges gender stereotypes is because he wanted to make films not just for his daughter, but also for all young girls and all young women that you don't have to fit into these stereotypical boxes. You can be whatever the fuck you want to be. Existence? is so much bigger than what humans have put labels onto. Yes. And I love that he actively deconstructs and says something important, subverts in his uh, films. So where I'm going with this is in in the movie Kiki's Delivery Service, there is a earthly, kind of witchy, gently spooky in the best way or just not understood i guess that could be very much considered so. yes spooky it's because you're not understood and that's a whole part of it but instead of being you know an elderly woman as is the trope she's like 16 and she's just <laughs> an artist who lives in the forest and is completely misunderstood and has this beautiful life and makes this friendship with kiki and is almost like an elder sister like gives her solid advice of like, hey, this boy I think actually likes you. Here's what you can do. Like, don't trust that asshole. But also like, girl, if you have a crush on him too, that's okay. (laughs) It is the sweetest relationship. And it is like a nice, when I watch that movie, I'm always drawn to that character because she represents in so many ways, her presentation represents what is typically the scary witch that's not actually scary or like oh man now i can't think of uh an example but i know there are examples of like the misunderstood yes hermit shrek shrek oh my gosh there it is right there the misunderstood hermit although she's well no she's even a little prickly like shrek is at first of like uh I don't know. I don't trust people. But once you get past that prickly outer or that prickly exterior, there's this really sweet and warm and loving and kind interior, which is such a neat flip of the trope of the the wise old witch in the woods. There are was this story done for you? Yeah. Okay. Cuz there's There was also a twist done on the Hansel and Gretel, the witch that was in the wood with the candy house. There was a story that I read. God, it was a very long time ago. But there was a flip about that, about how, you know, all she loved children and she always wanted them to feel 
this joy and happiness and welcomed. And so that's where she built her house out of candy. Right. Oh, it's oh, it's like that that book that I read, um, Heartless, which I was told once and then I had forgotten about it by the time that I had actually gotten to read the book. It it's basically it's the origin story of the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it starts when she was a young woman and she falls in love with this person who turns out to be. Jack. Jack of Spades? I don't quite remember. It's been a very long time since I read it. But the book is called Heartless? Yes. Okay. It's about how she became heartless. And there is a reason. And it's, I, you know, villain origin stories are such an interesting thing because what I love about them is like it, it starts from the base of that no person, no entity is brought into existence positive or negative Mm -hmm. there are no tropes about just existing right there are tropes of how things are after they've either been molded or traumatized or perceived Mm -hmm. or felt that that's the way that they need to perform to thrive although there are the rare circumstances where there are just literal assholes born into the world yeah i wonder i was gonna ask you what you were thinking there's a connection my brain is making and i'm just trying to organize it okay so i think that even the understanding within a lot of maybe more classical literature maybe not so much modern unless i'm i'm sure i'm missing some but the idea of or the trope of the asshole being born. Like that makes me think of things like the omen. That's exactly what I was going to say. The omen, Mm -hmm. like Damien, um, or like the antichrist, like really beyond asshole mode. But for, for most villains, if you look at their, there's always an origin story. There's always an origin story where they start off neutral, if not good, And then the trope then is good being turned to evil through pain or disappointment Mm -hmm. or by being betrayed. Like one, um, one of the items on the, one of the lists that I sent you, I don't remember which, um, specifically references a trope of friends becoming enemies the story starts with this becoming friends yeah or that yeah the, the, the reciprocal yeah um but where my mind is going because it's one that i'm more familiar with is like of course i can't think of any examples but it just it feels so familiar to me where the story begins it's kind of the status quo this is where things have been and now something's changing and it's like we're two friends we're living in this world and oh my goodness, through a series of events, I feel betrayed and therefore I go down this path of darkness and now my whole character arc is vengeance. and Mufasa. They were brothers. Or if we want to go mean girls, remember how Regina and... The punk. Uh, they used to be best friends. Yes. I don't remember her name. Neither do I. But I can see her face. Yeah, the yep. punk. Mm-hmm. The punk character. Yeah, they were best friends. And then two roads diverged in a wood, and Regina chose popularity and fakeness, and the punk chose her own individuality. Which, in the end, she was also a bully. She really kind of was. Yeah. Not she great. doesn't even go here. <laughs> You go, Glenn Coco. (laughs) (laughs) I love that he is a gay icon now. Hell yes. Okay, so tell me more about the friend or the enemies becoming friends trope. Because I'm also, I'm having a hard time thinking of any examples of that as well. Oh. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Sure. Two star-crossed lovers. Two, oh. Ooh, nope. It's been too many years. I can't quote it anymore. 
In college, I had to read that fucking In high play. school, we had to remember. Yeah, and play. We had to recite or, it. And play. And high school. <laughs> <laughs> In fake high school. In fake high school. And also real high school. And then, like, imaginary high school. Well, I mean, a real life example. I know it's not a trope. But I remember... In middle school, this girl, Jessica, and I, we just did not like each other. Literally, like, we would give each other sneers, and we, it was, like, just so viscerally obvious that we did not like each other. And I remember my middle school teacher, Mrs. Toner, <laughs> went, whatever. She sat us next to each other. And it took maybe a month and a half. And then she and I were like really good friends. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, because we disliked each other over nothing. Of course. Yeah. It, you know, it's like introducing two cats into a right. household. They hate each other. They're territorial. There's no just, reason to hate each other. No, there's none but at all. It's just the principle of the matter. So an enemy becoming a friend. Uh, could we say Devil Wars Prada? Emily and Andy. Absolutely. Or even mm, No, I think it I think it ends with Emily and Andy because they're so adversarial and Emily is so anti-Andy, even though Andy tries so hard and then she's like, fuck it, fuck you. Are those the Chanel boots? Mm-hmm. Or in the office, um, Dwight and anyone. but like specifically pam i know their character arc like their friendship arc is Mm -hmm. so delightful for me to watch because they're so like he is so dismissive and awful to her and even though he's always a little bit of a jerk just because he's so badly socialized as a human being Mm -hmm. there's a, a beautiful scene where I don't even remember what episode it is. Oh, no. I have an idea for friends becoming enemies. Oh. And you're going to hate it. Okay. Can I... I'm going to finish my story. Yeah. Hold on to that. Don't forget it. Oh, I won't. So there's this wonderful scene where Pam is sitting in a bench out in the hallway outside of Dunder Mifflin. Yes. uh, Outside of their offices. And she starts crying. And Dwight puts his arm around her. But if you watch closely... He actually gets tearful and he cries a little bit too. So in their podcast that Jenna Fisher, Pam, mm-hmm. and Angela Kinsey, Angela, Angela, in their in their podcast, they talked about that episode and it's actually had the Office Ladies. It's so good. Yeah. Um, they had Rain Wilson on for that episode. Or no, no, no. Sorry, they've had him on for other episodes. He was not on that episode, but I remember in that episode, Pam or. Er, Jenna (laughs) talked about that moment where Dwight started crying and everyone of course as an audience is like oh wow they are really friends and Jenna said no that was just my really dear sweet friend Rain who loves me so much that even acting and knowing we were at work he was feeling my pain like Rain Wilson stellar human being award indeed but then I love how the show progresses and like Dwight says several times that Pam is like his best friend. Yes. And it's so sweet. Even though he's still kind of a weirdo sometimes and kind of rude. Oh, wholeheartedly. But he loves her and by extension Jim, they go from immature pranks to supporting each other so much in all of their lives. With the best pranks. Yeah. With really good pranks. Okay, what were you thinking? What what came to your mind? Friends becoming enemies. You're not going to like this one. I don't know what to expect, and I feel very anxious right now. A fox and the hound. I quit. (laughs) I know, I'm sorry. I I quit. I know, I'm sorry. I love you. Because we're the best if... Oh, well, I did warn you. I know, but it's true though. And I mean, what a it lesson to learn from a fucking children's animated movie. Oof. Right? I don't think I've ever cried on the podcast before, but I might if this is the movie we're going to discuss. Well, I, we're discussing tropes. We don't need to discuss the whole movie, but there it is, boo. Friends becoming enemies. Childhood friends who they thought would be 
lifelong friends becoming the hunter and the hunted. Mm-hmm. And why? Because somebody else told him to. Can I share why I have such a big reaction to that? Yeah. So my, we are now good. We're fine now. But I had a childhood friend that that was our movie. Like we were. We've spoke about this. Yeah. We have never gotten the tattoos of the fox and the hound paw prints because just like Todd and Copper, we were childhood best friends that thought we would be friends forever. And then people told us that we couldn't be friends anymore. And then things happened and choices were made by adult human beings that were us and we were no longer friends. And then we reconnected very gently And for my birthday, like a year after we had gently reconnected, I got a blanket that is a huge, giant, beautiful print of Todd and Copper in their childhood days. I put that shit in a box and I don't look at it. Oh, damn. I can't. It makes me so sad for the years that she and I missed because we played out that movie. Uh, no. We played out that trope. You played out your lives. We played out so, our lives. I mean, there's a reason why tropes are around. But there's a parallel, right? Like, there's yes. a reason. Exactly. There's a reason tropes are around. Correct. Fortunately, we didn't end up murdering each other. Always good. We didn't have to kill any bears. Always great. Even better. We also didn't have to kill any farmers or trick them into bear traps. So all in all, we're doing much better than Todd and Copper. I'm proud of you for all of these things. <laughs> Me too. Very much so. <laughs> be a much different podcast and probably through some plexiglass if those would have transpired <laughs> well <laughs> oh but that is such a good perfect example of friends to enemies so i do you know like i understand that tropes i mean they've been around for ever and i do understand that like in because where we find them are always in medias you never find tropes in actual human being friendships you right right because there's more to a human than a trope right so when you come across people and their friendships or their existences in real life you see that there's so much more but when we're watching tv or movie that's always what we've been fed Mm -hmm. and when you brought this idea up the one that i went to instantly like scroll through those two websites that you sent me and I realized I wasn't quite understanding what was trying to be shown to me. Those websites, they're, they're just different than what I expected. Nonetheless, Same. my brain my brain went to the best friend trope and like the 1950s. And I went Lucille. <gasps> I love Lucy. So and Lucy Ethel. and Ethel. Yeah. Where they both had inattentive husbands mm-hmm. and they had lots of free time and mm-hmm. they wanted to be pretty, but they wanted to be doing and they wanted an adventure and they wanted to be responsible. And then they, at, you know, later on in the series, they both wanted to become mothers or whatever, you know. Right, right. And, and then Ethel, hijinks ensued. Yeah. And Ethel always went along with whatever Lucy found herself in like ethel, oh, would, ethel would always be there to no 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 we should not no 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 we should not and, and then, then Lucy five would, minutes and, later they're in it together shoving chocolates in their faces because the conveyor belt is too fast exactly <laughs> and they both have you know husbands who then come home and are like oh what did What's you going do on? oh no mm-hmm. you know so it's it's i mean that is a trope and i wonder if No, I'm not sure that I really want to say that. Okay. So tropes are like simplified storytelling. Easy, you know. Yeah. Because especially if it's like a TV or movie, you don't have the time to make a Lord of the Rings (laughs) (laughs) thick-ass fucking novel, right? You've got 25 minutes, maybe. Or if it's a movie, you've got... 15 minutes minutes to have a backstory and then you must continue the story arc right so tropes are a way to get that through tropes are also a way to get people interested Mm -hmm. because what kind of story do they want to hear what are they going to connect with yes which i do understand like i understand it but i also like i find that tropes are also such a fucking hindrance Mm -hmm. to connecting with each other in real life because we're always expecting a certain character of each other 
and none of us really are. We might meet people who are <laughs> really fucking close, but usually <laughs> true humans aren't people that can be so easily categorized mm-hmm. and unless you just take the version of them on a certain day, right? So I feel like tropes, they're kind of nice because you are gifted something to connect to in a storyline, but as times have gone forward and like it's literally what we do like binge watching a tv show is literally in the webster fucking dictionary now like binging i didn't know that also now includes like watching tv you know so we are so involved in absorbing media that tropes are so hard to disconnect from what reality is because i don't believe that we're tropes i don't i think that there are moments there are moments where we may reenact them or find ourselves privy to experience that those them. tropes are reflected we don't reenact them they're reflected Ooh, good point art imitates life correct yes 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 well done so the concept of a trope in that understanding that we as deep and complex human beings have so much more to us than what is portrayed or capable of being portrayed on screen what everything you just said reminded me of carl jung he was a psychiatrist or psychotherapist psychotherapist back around ish the same time as as freud after freud but there was a little bit of overlap and he had this theory of personality development that he called archetypes which to me archetypes and tropes are very similar well it's storytelling adventures yes exactly like an archetype could be like the archetypal hero Mm -hmm. the hero's journey a nobody becomes a somebody because of whatever inherent gift or Or randomly stumbling into becomes a wizened whatever so in jungian psychology there and i'm not going to go into the details because it's way too much and (laughs) honestly not really relevant to our conversation but carl jung gave us the idea of the archetype the archetypal characters and i think the way that i can include this into our conversation is that those pieces or those parts of ourselves that we see represented in a trope Mm -hmm. is how we connect to sort of the archetypes that we align with. For example... To um, be socially acceptable, which is... like So we're all striving for a made-up thing. We're all striving for a thing that is commonly accepted as part of the human existence. So the archetype of... Which is always unique and not archetypal. Anyway. And yet we still fall within the umbrellas. Sure. So if you think of like the archetype of like... Gandalf. What archetype does he embody? Wise, book smart, knowledgeable, and strong. Your hand is up in the air. Also, do you find that like that's more how we, those archetypes are built about how we perceive others and not necessarily how we perceive ourselves? Because when you talked about Gandalf and I tried to relate that to somebody in my real life, I thought about my old teacher, Mr. Ficus. And why? To me, because he was those things. Okay. You know, but would so he, he claim that. himself to be a Gandalf type? Probably not. Probably not. But I... But the way we understand mm-hmm, others... The way that I perceive him. Yes. And that is where the, the line in the sand is between a trope and an archetype. I think a trope is something that unconsciously affects us. An archetype is something that unconsciously affects how we perceive others. Inter- neat. I like that you said that. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so like an archetype is just like we, 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 to me, the difference between an archetype and a stereotype then, because I think Ooh, this is an important part that needs okay. to be included in the, in the conversation. A stereotype is an uh, assumption about someone based on, or not even someone. A stereotype is an assumption about a group of people mm-hmm. based on one's either lived experiences with one person or assumed expectations provided by an external source i.e 
racism. You're probably, when confronting internalized racism, it's not based on experience with all of the human beings that match that type of presentation. It's because of other sources that have said subtly for years, Mm -hmm. this is what to expect. An archetype then is what we learn through media in other outlets as like, these are types of humans that exist. These are the classes to use some D&D language. Classes meaning not like so poor, because middle, when... upper, but like mm-hmm. teacher, Druid, healer. wizard, warrior. Teacher, yeah. healer, preacher, musician, bard, etc. Criminal, protector. Thief, yeah. rogue, exactly. Yeah. And then you've got tropes, which are more storyline so stereotypes are automatic assumptions well described yes archetypes are personality assumptions and then tropes are relationship assumptions Mm. yeah i think i want to do my phd on this dude right you've got your notebook take a note (laughs) dear jacob jacob you make me vomit what no you are the scum between my toes i'm going to I'm hearkening back to last week. Love, Alfalfa. <laughs> also, her name is not Penelope. Her name is Darla. Yeah, that's right. Darla. Dear Darla. Dear Darla. Uh, okay, so dear Jacob, do your PhD. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say the one thing that... I just misspelled that. Like I'm a dyslexic child. T-R-O-S-E-P. I'm not even drunk. You know, but you are in a hurried state. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> you'll know I will I trust for you <laughs> spelling is my thing I know it is which is very weird to hear that you just owned trust up to that the... yeah anyway sorry the, the one thing uh, stereotypes so hurtful in so many different ways yeah but more so as I've found emboldenment in becoming who I am and want to be as a human, as I've grown in my adulthood, to break so many quote unquote stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And and I mean that wholeheartedly because I've I used to find myself and sometimes still do because I'll slip into those old ways of calling myself just this or oh. you know, right? Because that's that's a pocket of a stereotype that I was told that I was in. And like so many booties and so many jeans, I've been busting out of these pockets of stereotypes. That's right. I fucking did that. Yeah, you did. Oh, and it feels wonderful for myself, but I know that it's it's something that I've seen confound people mm-hmm. usually when they meet me in certain situations and I speak to them and they're truly either taken aback or like, surprised or even almost gently so flustered it borders on anger because it makes no sense to their brain but what i love is that i see the younger generations moving past all of that fucking bullshit bulldozing it where i and i and i love that because i know how many barriers i've had to bust through just to be seen and respected if a herd should be in that sandwich first, but there it is. And what I love is that the generation that's younger than we are, generations now that are younger than we are. Huh. Um, oh, yeah. I know that's weird to say. That is weird. But since I've done that, been there, my heart and my perceptions are softer. And these young ones, you know, uh, have less of even a worry about half of the things that we've always worried about. Right. You know, like they have freedom in their body image. They have freedom in how they choose to work for a living. They have freedom in so many different ways that even you and I do. And we are not that old. No, We're in our thirties for fuck's sake. And yet, to those kids they're like they're busting tropes my dude your 30s how like how long will these tropes that were on these websites how long will they still be fruitful a lot of them honestly i'm like uh yeah that's not been they're so fucking dated like you're only including that because people are still capable of watching movies from the 80s from the 70s or farther back correct like these tropes are becoming so 
de- what's the defunct, but like the better version of that? Irrelevant, obscure, uh, def- debunked. No, There's you said debu- you said defunct. Obscure, irrelevant, like yeah, all these things. Bring out the source that I stole from the library. It, I didn't steal that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, you didn't steal me from the library. <laughs> I didn't even have to steal you. You just came right along. I did. I was like, she seems neat. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of page master, I grew my own legs and followed you right out the door. Thanks, McCully. The thother, the, the, thother, <laughs> the thesaurus was the other book that I used to read for fun. Are you doing all right? Yeah, I just have a little minor nosebleed. It's fine. Thank you for your concern. I mean, we could also make this a three-parter. We're already at an hour. I know. I was thinking that too. Do you want to do that? I kind of so do. Because I feel like this version of this part needs more space. Well, no. I I feel like this version. If we can get into tropes. Maybe we should talk about some of the. Maybe you should pick some tropes. Yes. And have more of a plan. Because here's my thing: is like you proffer me so many tropes, but I think why I didn't want to zone in on any of them is because I hate having tropes. Because I hate putting labels on yes. fucking people and situations. Yes. Because life is so much bigger than fucking labels. Life is so much bigger than we will ever understand. So why do we try to label and organize and make sense of fucking everything when sometimes because it's okay to just let things be? Yes. I like I can't. Oh, your other nostrils now bleeding. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Fuck. I'm kidding. You scared me. I know I did. And now I'm really I really... Because this is the one that's been bleeding all day, not oh, the one that I'm fuck. currently bleeding I didn't out even of. I know that you're having nosebleeds Just all day, my love. Call me eleven. It's better than calling you a leper. That was meant to be funnier than it came out. Anyway Let's discuss off mic when I'm not bleeding out of my face holes. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a part three to this. I think we realistically could. Because like, I want to get into like, tropes and I want to talk about how they can be toxic or how they can be helpful. Yes. How about that? We've, we're funneling. Well, here's the thing is like, I don't fucking like tropes. And probably that's why I've been avoiding actually getting into tropes is because I hate that we are labeling humans because we're already labeled enough. Why do it why more? Why do it more? Yeah. And yet tropes, I feel like, are where we learn how to label each other and ourselves. And is that a Which good thing? Which is why thing? I think we... No, but I think we need to know about it, have awareness of it. Because it can so bring can some knowledge. It. It, can, can, it can bring some understanding, but it can also bring so much fucking If you're aware uh, of that's what's going like on. Divisiveness. Okay. Having yeah. that awareness. Knowledge okay. is power. If you are aware that that's what's going on, then you can actively make a choice against it. If you're, if you're unaware of it, like with a stereotype, if you're unaware of where you yes. developed that bias... How do you fight it? How do you change your mindset? How do you become anti-racist? How do you become anti-misogynist? How do you, how do you know be- better? Yeah. How do you overcome internalized homophobia or transphobia? You have to have an awareness of the thing before you can address the thing within yourself. So to become aware of it first, you have to broaden that the world is larger than what you are trope, what you assume is a trope. Correct. Yeah. So by identifying a trope, we can then face the trope in our own lives okay and then choose differently yeah so let's let's just yeah let's do part three part three we're gonna call out tropes we're gonna discuss about how they are helpful and not and we're gonna get really specific like yeah let's do that's what we wanted to do in this part and yet we i did not allow it to happen (laughs) well neither did i because to be fair i just sent you some links and then said if you and have I, time, read through it. Knowing and I full did. well, neither of us had time to fucking well, read through the them. Thing. You didn't ask me to if I had time. Click on hyperlinks within this article. I wholeheartedly oh. scrolled through the article and I went, I don't like any of this. Same. So let's do some homework together over the next week. Like okay. I don't want to read all of that depressing tropey no. bullshit by myself. We're gonna do that together. <laughs> <laughs> So we could have some good music. He, he's saying as he's literally holding a Kleenex inside of his nostril to stop his <laughs> fucking nosebleed. Yep. I, goddamn, I... We're going to get through Jacob, this together. Well, you're going to get through that nosebleed by yourself. Correct. Because as soon as you slam that keyboard, I'm going to get in my car and go home. Oh, babes. <laughs> I've got the cats. They'll just take turns holding their paws against my nose and probably make it worse. Can I stay here for a little bit? I was going to say, darling, they're going to try to eat your nostrils. Anyway, 
<laughs> I just love you so much is what I was trying to get at in all of that kerfuffle. Also, another trope we don't like, spinster ladies with tons of cats. Even though that's exactly who I aspire to be. Kiki's delivery service with a bunch of cats and nosebleeds. She has a cat that flies with her on her broom. Listen, blood is helpful in witchcraft, right? Probably. So, So you're just helping your own craft with your nosebleeds. Well, I should probably not be absorbing it into a Kleenex. I should probably be putting it into a vial. There's science for that. We'll get to it. (laughs) All right, friends. That's Jake. And that's Melissa. And And this this has has been Best Friendhood. Thank you for tuning in. Rate, review, subscribe. You know the jig. Thank you. Yeah. We've got a Patreon. We've got a Gmail. We've got Instagram. We've got a Twitter. If nothing else, just type in one word, Best Friendhood, and you'll find us. And we'll fucking be there because you are loved. And you are worth being loved. And we love you. We love you. Goodbye. Uh, That's how I end it. (laughs)